Hey, this is the Thrive Church Podcast. Our hope is this message will help you thrive with God and thrive in life. We'd love to have you join us on a Sunday soon. Enjoy the message. Today, I want to talk to you about withdraw to or withdraw from. Withdraw to or withdraw from. How was your week? You know, for many of us, I'm sure it was a challenging week. And for some of us, I can even imagine that it might be one of the most challenging weeks of your life. For some of you, this might have been the hardest time or one of the hardest times in your life emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically, because you're having to run after your kids all week because they're not in school or in daycare, so you're running. But with everything going on around the world with COVID, implications in the economy, self-isolation or social distancing, in this unprecedented time and challenge, uh, it might be one of the hardest times. For sure, it's a challenging one. Have you ever thought this? What do I do? Like, what should I do in this challenging season? You know, at all times, but especially at times like this, I believe we need to look to the life, the story, and the finished works of Jesus. Because Jesus is the example of how we can walk in these times and also have hope in him. In Luke 22, Jesus is about to go through the most difficult time, the hardest time, the most challenging time while he was on the earth. It was the eve when Jesus was, uh, would be betrayed by someone he poured his whole life into. He was arrested. He was beaten, whipped, humiliated, hung on a cross, taking on the sins of, of all humanity for you and I, all sickness, all disease, all viruses, all for you and I, so that today you and I can have freedom in him, have a relationship with God. Now, Jesus had been foretelling about this moment, and it wasn't a surprise or shock to him. The whole reason Jesus came to the earth, the Son of God, God in flesh, in, in, in earth suit, was for this purpose, to take the sins of the world, to take sickness, disease, so that you and I could have relationship with God and have an abundant life in him. So Jesus knew he'd be arrested. He knew who would betray him. He knew that he would be the sacrifice for the world and that this would be the hardest time and most challenging, draining time of his life. And in Luke 22, we see Jesus, what Jesus did in the moments just before going into this most difficult, most challenging time. Luke 22 gives, this, uh, gives that account. I want to give you some context. Jesus and the disciples are having dinner. Now, we know this as the Last Supper, and they're eating, and, but there's some, heavy, there's some heavy moments here. There's some heavy talks here. Jesus says, one of you are going to betray me. And the disciples are then talking amongst themselves, saying, who's going to betray him? Who is it? Who is it? And then Jesus says to Peter, and you're going to deny me. You know, this is not light dinner conversation. This is some intense moments, intense, uh, heavy dinner conversation. On top of that, they, Jesus has been saying, hey, I'm going to be going soon. And so this is where we pick up Luke 22. Luke 22 in verse 39, and he came out and proceeded as was his custom, this is Jesus, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. 
When he arrived at the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation, pray that you may not enter into temptation. He withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and began to pray, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Now an angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthened him, and being in agony, he was praying very fervently. And his sweat became like drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples, found them sleeping from sorrow, and said to them, why are you sleeping? Get up and pray that you may not enter into temptation. While he was still speaking, behold, a crowd came, and the one called Judas, one of the twelves, was preceding them. And he approached Jesus and kissed him. Now from this, once Judas kissed him, Jesus was taken, but really he gave himself. And he went from there through the trials, then to the beating, then being put onto the cross, then to the grave and rising again. But in those last moments, leading up to the most difficult time that Jesus would be going into, the most difficult season that he was going into, on earth, what did he do? What did he do? Jesus prayed. He withdrew to the Father and he prayed. He withdrew and spent time alone with the Father in his presence and prayed. Jesus chose those last moments leading up to the most difficult time, the most challenging time to pray. Now, he didn't just use a little rehearsed prayer, a cute little prayer in that moment. Jesus was praying a real prayer. He was praying a real prayer. He poured out his heart, telling, telling the father of his agony, and if there was another way to do it, to remove this cup from him, if there's another way. But he, then he said, yet again, not my will, but your will be done. That, that he submitted to what God's plan, but he was real. He poured out how he was doing. In the hardest times, Jesus withdrew and prayed. He withdrew and prayed. Not just a little prayer, but he was real with the Father in those times. In times where he was in great agony, where blood was rolling down his face, he withdrew and prayed and spent time with the Father. And in doing so, the Bible says that he actually received strength. He received strength in spending time with the Father and in prayer so that he was able to go about doing what he needed to do. In the midst of the hardest times, Jesus, he prayed. Jesus prayed that night in the garden to show you and I what to do. He prayed there to show you and I what we can do. In the midst of challenging times, in the midst of opposition, in the midst of maybe what can be the hardest time or the most challenging time of your life, today you can do as Jesus to withdraw to the Father and pray. What are we to do? Pray, connect with the Father, connect with him, to be real with him, just as Jesus was real. That if you're going through stuff, today can I say if you're going through stuff, you can be real with God. That you can pour your heart out to God, say, God, I'm going through this. 
God, I'm having anxieties about this. And then just don't stay there, but then give those things to him. Give those things to him. God, I'm going through this. Being real with him. And then submitting, God, not my plan, but your plan. Not my will, but your will. Give your cares, your worries to him. Not hiding them from him, because well, you can't hide anything from God. But instead, bringing those things into his light. Saying, God, I'm going through this. And I believe that as the scripture says, then you, just as Jesus receives strength, that you too will receive strength. The Bible says in Luke that it was actually Jesus' custom or habit to go pray. In Luke twenty-two thirty-nine, in the Passion, it says this, Jesus left the upper room with his disciples and as was his habit, went to the Mount Olives, his place of secret prayer. Prayer was something that Jesus didn't just do when he was about to go into this challenging time. It was part of his daily rhythms of his life, his daily rhythms of his life. And Jesus decided that on his last moments going into it, that he would go into prayer. That Jesus' life on earth was really saturated with prayer and time with the Father in the secret place. Jesus chose those last moments leading up to his sacrifice for humanity to be prayer with the Father, to receive strength, and also to be an example for you and I today. You know, those 12 disciples, they, they would have went with Jesus everywhere he went. And I think it would be safe to say that just as it was part of Jesus' rhythm of life or habit that he would pray, I think it's safe to say that that was part of the disciples' rhythm of life as well. Because if they were following him, walking with him, watching how he did things, that that was part of theirs as well. So when Jesus prayed, they would pray. Yet in the midst of the trial, in great challenge, uh, the disciples, their response was completely different to Jesus. When Jesus was in agony, what did he do? He withdrew to the Father in prayer and in his presence. And Jesus told the disciples, hey, pray that you not enter into temptation. I believe if they would have in those moments prayed that they too would have received strength as well. However, they didn't pray. We see in verse 45, it says, when he uh, rose from prayer, being Jesus, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping from sorrow. Now in the Greek, sleeping from sorrow, that's a word, it's, it's a Greek word that means uh, lupe, lupe. And what that means is mental or emotional, mental or emotional pain or grief. Mental or emotional pain or grief. Think about it. The disciples were in a place of emotional and mental pain from that dinner they just had. They just had a tough dinner conversation of Jesus saying, one of you guys are gonna betray me. That Peter, you're gonna deny me. And then as well, this Jesus, he's been talking about, and I'm gonna leave you guys. I'm gonna be leaving soon. These guys left their jobs, their careers to follow Jesus. And now he's saying this sort of stuff. They would have had, like the Bible says, they had great sorrow. They had some mental and emotional pain that they were going through. And I can see the disciples asking the question, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What should I do with this? 
the disciples' response to emotional and mental pain was to withdraw. Jesus withdrew to be with the Father in prayer and in his presence, yet the disciples allowed that mental pain and sorrow to cause them to withdraw from the Father, to withdraw from what their daily habits or routines or rhythms were. Sorrow uh, caused them to stop those habits and cause them to be idle and actually fall asleep. And when the mob came, you know, the story continues that Peter, he got out his sword, cut off a guy's ear, man. But Jesus, he prayed for, the ear came back. But after that mob came, the, the scriptures say in Mark that they actually scattered. They scattered. The disciples ran. Has there been a time maybe where you identify with the disciples? Where you identify with, where there's been mental or emotional pain or stress or grief that has caused maybe like the, the disciples stop those healthy rhythms or habits in your life that has caused, caused even maybe like a deer in the headlights of frozen. I know I can identify with this. Maybe this week's been one of the most challenging times for you where worry, anxiety, the uncertainty that has caused the rhythms of life, rhythms and habits to be interrupted and stop. You know, maybe spending time with God, getting into his word, being generous, maybe even just on a physical note of getting exercise, getting out, keeping social distancing. But because the emotional or mental pain, um, the stress caused them to withdraw and caused them inaction and slumber. I believe you and I have a choice um, that we face when we face challenges and uncertainty. It's going to be to withdraw, but we can choose the way of the disciples uh, to allow mental or emotional pain and stress and withdraw from the Father, withdraw from those daily rhythms of our life, or we can do what Jesus did when he was in the midst of agony, when he was on the brink of going through the most challenging season that he would face while he was on the earth, and he withdrew to the Father. He withdrew in prayer. And when he did, when, when he did, he received strength, courage, he was strengthened. He did what was his rhythm he, of life. He prayed, he spent time with the Father. Today, if you're feeling pressure, mental or emotional pain, let that cause you to withdraw to his presence. Let that cause you to withdraw in prayer, in a time of prayer and communing with God, to be real with God casting those things onto him because he does care for you. Hebrews 4.12 says this, so let us come boldly to the throne of grace, throne of, uh, of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. In times of challenge, let us withdraw in prayer and with, withdraw to God, not withdraw from him. You know, if prayer and talking with God isn't part of your daily routine right now, 
today's the best day to start. Today's the best day to start talking with God, spending time with him. You know, Jesus came that you could have a real personal relationship with him, that you can just walk and do life with him, to let your life be saturated with prayer. Let your life be saturated with his presence. Philippians 4, 6 says this, do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds everything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. You know, peace and prayer go together. Peace and prayer go together. When we are real with God and we, we say, God, this is happening. When we go through it with him, then he, and we cast those cares onto him, then he can take it. He can take care of us. You know, this is the example we saw Jesus do. Uh, this is the example that we saw Jesus do. You know, we can ask anything in his name according to his will, and we know that it will be done. Instead of worrying about the economy, about the job, about our family, about our health, instead, pray. Instead, pray. Be real with God. The second part of this, uh, that it continues on in verse eight, it says this, Philippians four, verse eight says, and now dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting, in, putting into practice all you've learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. You know, when I read this portion, you know what it makes me think of? It's pretty strange, but it makes me think of barbecue, barbecuing. Now, in Calgary, it's, it's just about barbecue weather. Maybe even it is barbecue weather. And when we barbecue, I love it. I'm not a good cook, but I'm good at barbecue. And uh, what we do with the meat often is we marinate it, right? We put it in the sauces, the spices, let it sit there for a while, let it really soak up the flavors. And then once you put it onto heat, once you put it onto the barbecue, once it's onto heat, then man, you smell those flavors. The flavors come out once that is on heat. Whatever it was saturated with, when heat comes, those flavors are brought out. What, what it was saturated in will be brought out. Can I ask you this? In this season of your life, what are you saturating your thoughts with? What are you marinating your mind with? This week, what have you allowed to saturate your attention, your thoughts. What you allow your mind to marinate in, if you will, will come out when heat and fire come on, when pressure comes on. If you allow yourself to stay in a place of worry, constantly on the 24-hour news cycle, um, always thinking about it, always asking the what ifs, what will come out when you go on to heat are those things. However, the scripture that we just read says this. When you saturate your mind, your thoughts, your life with what is true, what is honorable, what is right, lovely, true, what is excellent, 
God's word, praise, his, his presence, you will experience when you come into heat, when you come into pressure, what comes out will be the peace of God, the presence of God, that peace that is beyond all understanding because you're allowing your mind to marinate in those things that God has for you. You know, I've got great neighbors. I've got great neighbors. And now in a time of physical isolation, I'll go out onto my deck and wave to my neighbors. They're awesome. But my neighbor, one of my neighbors, he loves to barbecue and he loves to smoke meat. And it's like every other day, if not every day. It's awesome. And when he's doing it, know what? I can smell it. It smells so good. Like, so good. Like, I'm sitting in my house and I can smell the meat. I can smell it cooking. I can smell the flavors. And I'm like, hmm. Adam, if you're watching, I'm still looking for an invite once this um, social, physical isolation's over. But hey, it is so good. But, and the whole neighborhood, not just me, not just him, the whole neighborhood smells it. I think that is too with our life. When we saturate our lives in prayer, our minds, our thoughts with the things of God, the finished works of Jesus, that when heat comes, when pressure comes, that people will be able to see or smell the, the peace of God that is inside of you that's coming out, the joy of God that's coming out in the midst of that heat, and that it will actually be everybody will be able to see that that is God coming out in you. You know, in times that can be challenging in times where maybe it's maybe for you the most challenging time of your life emotionally mentally spiritually physically let's saturate our lives with prayer and his presence let's marinate our thoughts with the promises the the covenant that we have with god his goodness let's withdraw to your heavenly father in prayer you know john 1 John 5, 14 to 15, it says this. Since we have this confidence, we can also have great boldness before him. For if we present any request agreeable to his will, he will hear us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we also know that we have obtained the request we ask of him. Know that when you pray to God, he hears you, when you and he's moving. That he's not just sitting idly, He's working on your behalf. He's working behind the scenes. I want to close with this one last story. This, this week, this happened just this week on Tuesday. I was texting with someone from our Thrive Church family and just saying, hey, how are you doing? And they let me know that um, that morning that her husband got laid off. He was at night shift and, and they came in and they said, okay, this, he works up north and this site is being shut down we're closing this down and everybody's laid off. And so that morning, he was actually on his way home back to Calgary. He'd been laid off. So right then and there, when, when uh, they told us this, Natalie and I, we prayed. We prayed and I know they were praying as well. In the moment where it could be, it would make total sense to withdraw from God. However, instead, they, they drew to God. They withdrew it to him in prayer in his presence. And we prayed, we believe God because God is our provider. He cares about you and I. And the next day, get this, the next 
day, he received a call with a job offer starting this upcoming Tuesday. So one day later, God provided a job. The same day where one million people in Canada filed for uh, EI, God provided him a job like that. God hears our prayers. And I wanna encourage you, if you're in a situation that's challenging, or maybe if you're in a, a similar situation, I wanna encourage you not to draw, draw from God, but instead draw to God, draw back to God in prayer, in time with him. He loves you so much and he will work on your behalf. Know that he loves you so, so much. Today, I wanna encourage you to withdraw in prayer, to spend time with the Father. If this is a challenging time, or maybe this is the most challenging time ever, withdraw, but withdraw to him in prayer and in his presence. I wanna give you the opportunity. If you are watching this and you say, Josiah, I've never made Jesus Lord of my life, or today I wanna hit the restart button. You know, life has just happened and, and I just, I've sort of drifted a bit and today I wanna hit the restart button. I wanna give you the opportunity today to make Jesus Lord of your life. Would you repeat this after me? Jesus, I make you Lord of my life. Thank you for dying on the cross, rising again, taking my sins so that today, I can do life with you. I can have a relationship with you. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I wanna pray for you as we close. Father, I thank you for every single person watching. Father, I thank you that you love them so much. And that God, that you love us so much that you gave Jesus that he conquered death and the grave, so now we can have a relationship with you, an open communication, and that we don't have to withdraw when in challenging times, but Father, that we can actually withdraw to you in prayer, that we can withdraw to you in your presence, and that you will give us strength, peace, and so Father, I thank you for courage arising in hearts, strength arising in hearts, Father. Father, I thank you that, uh, that you provide all of our needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So Father, I thank you. There are needs that, Father, that you would provide them. Father, I thank you for your peace that guards hearts, that goes beyond all understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. No, we love you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Thrive Church Podcast. We hope this message helped you thrive with God and thrive in life. We'd love to have you join us a Sunday soon. For more information about Thrive Church, you can go to our website, thrivecalgary.ca. See you next time.